Uh, okay, so today, so the the content we've been going through is the book. It's Sanctification, Transformed Life by David Campbell, um, and we're actually through the like the the formality of it, right? So we went through all the different chapters of the book. Um, myself, John, Sheldon, and Jeremy have gone through those. And so today's kind of a wrap-up to that, so there's not a particular chapter in the book that we're focusing on. Um, today is sort of intended to be a uh, sort of a panel discussion, um, and if you can't tell, um, when I looked at the schedule, I know that I noticed that we were all on it. We're all supposed to be here for a panel discussion, but I didn't realize it was something that I was supposed to spearhead. So we're going <laughs> to wing it a little bit this morning. I apologize in advance if this is a little looser and a little less formal than it could have been. Um, but what I'd like to do is just kind of go back through some of the things we've talked about, uh, just as a group, maybe talk about or talk about things that we've learned or gleaned uh, from from these other faithful men uh, from this book. Maybe something that the Lord has taught you during this class. Um, if there are any sort of questions that you still have remaining about some of these particulars, we can go in depth about those. It's just kind of a time for us to sort of look back over the, what has it been, nine weeks, oh, oh, 10, 11? Well, I think this is the 12th 12 12 week. week. So 11 weeks of talking about the topic of sanctification. So um, there may be a few awkward silences as we sort of ask questions or think about the next uh, point of discussion, and that's okay. But So I just wanted to open it up real quick. How about I open up in prayer real quick, and then um, we can just have a, have a discussion about what we've learned over the last 11 weeks. So. God, thank you so much for today. I thank you so much for uh, how much you love us. God, how much is um, how much has been given to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. God, for how um, God, you sent your Son to pay the penalty for our sin, to uh, come to earth, live a perfect life, be our perfect sacrifice, um, to pay the penalty for our sin on the cross, to be resurrected and to ascend to your right hand. God, we thank you so much for, for Christ. We thank you for the reality of um, our salvation, just the, just the freeness of it. God, that you've given us so much that we don't deserve. And God, we are incredibly thankful that God, you have chosen us, that you have given us um, not only a hope, but your spirit as a guide. We thank you for um, that finished work and what it represents and how foundational it is as we've spent the last 11 weeks talking about sanctification, this idea of growing in Christ-likeness, growing to um, uh, our lives be a reflection of what you've done for us and how that is rooted in the finished work of Christ on the cross. God, our sanctification is assured because you have assured it. And it is uh, the grounds of our uh, sanctification is our justification. We know that because we are justified, because that was finished and completed, God, we know that we will be sanctified. And by your Holy Spirit's power and through the ordinary means of grace, that we will continue uh, to become more like you. And so we thank, we are thankful for that. We are thankful um, for where you're taking us. Thank you that we as members of this church had a chance to, for 11 weeks, talk about this topic and get to understand it better. And uh, just thank you so much for um, loving us and leading us through it. And uh, we thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I'd, I'd like to, to open it up. If um, 
there's anything that you guys that maybe stood out over the course of the 11 weeks that was really profound, something new you learned, something that was convicting, um, or we can just sort of sort of re- regroup on what we talked yeah. about. Um, it's kind of a just an open discussion. I don't know if maybe John or Sheldon, you have any thoughts to start us off. Um, yeah. um, that'd be great. But yeah. um, you want to? Yeah. So the so the last chapter in the book is not a formal chapter in terms of new content. Yeah. Um, but it's titled "Finished at Last," and the the book really that chapter really kind of brings everything together. So recaps. So that's why we thought this would be good um, to, to just have a recap session and, and discussion more. Um, but, the, but Campbell really points a lot towards the beauty of sanctification. So kind of riffing off of what Sheldon taught a couple weeks ago in terms of the blessings, um, but the beauty of sanctification, how uh, a bunch of people in all the different ways that we are sanctified uh, can come together and, and make the church more beautiful and reflect Christ uh, in this world more beautifully and so I, I I really enjoyed that last chapter because it was it wasn't as dense it didn't get into a lot of the nuts and bolts of things yeah. um, but really kind of pointed us more than just to like the, the benefits but really like what it looks like when individuals are sanctified and then what it looks like as a church uh, invisible and visible church is, is sanctified yeah so yeah, I really appreciated the way that uh, Campbell approaches it in sort of as he discusses the ordinary means of grace. And, um, you know, there's, we all come from different bra- backgrounds, different contexts. Um, and I, I grew up in a, in a church context. Um, and I'll be charitable. It was, this wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentionally meant to be um, uh, a burden, but this, the sanctification was this thing that was to be forced out of you, right? It was something that you sort of had to self-generate. It was this thing that of your own, of your own will and own ability, you had to try harder. You had to pull your, your bootstraps up. You had to stop doing these. It was more about stop doing these things as opposed to start doing these things, right? So it was more of stop doing these sins. Stop doing these bad behaviors. Stop doing this. Stop being angry at your kids. Stop being angry at your wife. Stop... Uh, cursing while you're driving, stop, whatever. And and those, those are all like fine things, right? We shouldn't curse at people as we're driving. We should be nice to our, our family. It's not that those are bad things, but that's not, sanctification is this idea of growing in Christ-likeness. It's moving towards something, right? It's just as much, if not more, moving towards something as it's moving away from something, right? It's moving towards Christ just as much as it is moving away from sin. Um, and being reminded that it is, rooted in our justification so like our justification has been completed right the holy spirit uh then empowers us through that to be sanctified so before the holy spirit we don't even have the really ability to pursue good things pursue good works um and so because of the spirit we're able to um move towards christ likeness and so it's a good reminder because i think at a time it's like Man, I just need to. I need to stop doing these things. I need you to try harder. And and and, and there's a sense in which that's not totally untrue, but it's not generated from our own ability, our own will. Like it's spending time uh, with the Lord in in His Word. Uh, it's spending time uh, with the Lord and others in prayer. So the ordinary means are Scripture, prayer, 
church fellowship. Uh, David Campbell even lists church discipline as an, as an ordinary means of, of people being sanctified, right? It's being set out for a time, being set apart from the family in hopes that you feel the weight of your sin and you return back to the, back to the family. Um, that's probably a more uncomfortable one than praying and re, uh, studying the word, but um, it is one nonetheless. Um, so I, I like the way I liked the way the book was structured. Yeah. I like breaking it down, start to finish, um, and have appreciated that. So. And I think one of our goals was to because you know, I think that church context that you described is common to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think uh, one of the things one of our goals was to really talk about the root and not just the actions. Yeah. That that context is all about actions. Do this, don't do this, but not the why, the motivation. Like, where does that motivation come from? Does it come from ourselves, or does it come from something that's been done to us? Um, so, rooting our actions, our day to day lives, in our justification, I think, was one of our big yeah. and sort of striking the balance of these are things that are true of Christians to varying levels. These kinds of dispositions and activities are, are common things that we would see in a Christian. Um, but the motivation is not, you know, I think Jeremy used pulling up your religious socks or whatever. So we wanted to kind of make sure we struck, struck the balance of this is important. This doesn't happen in somebody that isn't a Christian. Right. Um, but it's not uh, our own doing. Yeah. And also I think... <clears throat> It's good to be reminded that our assurance is in Christ, mm-hmm. not in our works. Um, our works are good when we, when we, because we've been justified, and in the process of sanctification, we we will do good works, um, but not, they're not the basis for our assurance. Um, of course, a, 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 a regenerated life is going to produce those things, and it will look a certain way over a certain amount of time, um, but they're not the basis for our assurance, and that's. In my mind, that that's a that's a big point because yeah. I think as a somebody who was sort of born into the church, so to speak, it's been a part of my life in some way, you know, um, since I've since I've been born. There was there was a sense in which, as a child, I used to think that you know how I how I behaved and how I performed as a believer was uh, somehow played into whether or not I was secure. So there was this was a I loved God, but I was never I was always fearful um, that I somehow wasn't living up, that I somehow wasn't safe. Um, and that's, that's not a great place to be in, right? We don't want to be in it. We want to, we want to be in a position we want to have a posture of fear towards God, but fear is in a, like a reverence, a fear is in a reverential sort of standing, not a, please don't smite me <laughs> kind of thing. So I think being reminded of, um, th- what, like what even gives us the ability, uh, to be sanctified the Holy Spirit. And that the justification, our justification is the grounds of that. Um, it sort of helps anchors our assurance, and it anchors it in Christ, not in our, not in ourselves, and not our ability to, to do things or not do things. So, yeah. Sheldon, you have any thoughts? I think one of the things that struck me as we went through it and uh, was reminded of, uh, that I think I, we've seen in the in our, all of us have seen in our lives just because we're living in our, you know, we still live with our uh, sin nature on board. Is So we, th- we tend to think of sanctification and maybe this is also maybe a little bit cultural because we're culturally into the self-improvement thing. 
And sanctification is very easily like changes tracks into a self-improvement thing, mm -hmm. right? And um, and then even as we discuss it, like uh, over the years we've talked about spiritual disciplines and things we can do to cooperate with God and with the Holy Spirit and in their work in our hearts, we keep, our flesh keeps wanting to change, switch this into stuff I get, stuff I need to do, stuff I need to do, stuff I need to do, you know, I need to, and, and some of that stuff that we can do to, and should do, to cooperate is individual. And um, what, what's, I think what we, what I've enjoyed being reminded of is in the in certain points in the study was the that we're in, we're in it together. That mm -hmm. actually the most powerful, probably the most power, all the you know the, the most powerful way to experience the means of grace and sanctification is together. Yeah. Um, in any context, it would you swear where where two or three are gathered in my name, kind of, even that, to kind of together, mm -hmm. has a multiplicative effect. And we tend to discount that because our drive is, our flesh drive is to save ourselves, right? So if sanctification, if these things I should do, or, you know, it's about me doing them. And, you know, doing it with other people is like already diluting that. Like, wait a minute, like doing this together in this class, well, that's, you know, okay, I had to, I had to come here. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, now we're doing it together. And it's, to me, that, rem, that reminding of the power uh, that the Holy Spirit has, because being in our midst, being in all of us together, there's more Holy Spirit around when we're together. If that's possible. That's probably theologically incorrect. <laughs> but, okay. Um, there's more power in that. Yeah. yeah, I think that that corporate reality is important because there are going to be times when, if we think about it um, so individualistically, it does become... Um, it can at times be... It feels more like a burden. If you feel like it's all sort of writing on you and so what does that mean if i'm not doing if i'm not doing well right if i don't if i don't feel good about my sanctification or i feel like i'm doing it badly if it's all about the individual if it's all about us then of course that's going to feel terrible but there's this reality of you know not that we should aim to do terrible but there's that sense of if it's a more corporate thing that there are going to be times when i am quote unquote lagging behind but there are brothers and sisters in our midst who are there beside me to encourage me and to sort of help me along, right? So there's that sense in which we partner together with others in a context to encourage and sanctify each other um, because we're all working members of the body, right? And so when the toe gets, you know, when one toe gets stubbed, the, the rest of the body kind of helps carry it along. So um, there's a sense in which this, the sanctification happening, happening corporately is a huge benefit to us because it's it's not all riding on us as individuals. It's something that we get to share it together, um, and it's something we should celebrate when we you know when we uh, see our brothers and sisters in need. We should be able to be there for them, pray for them, encourage them, and, and when we're doing well, we ought to be able to celebrate that with each other. Um, 
knowing that it's all sort of born out of our love for Christ and all through the power of the Spirit. So, and it's why the Scripture doesn't know uh, or doesn't articulate uh, Lone Ranger Christians. Like, there's clear commands for us to. Yeah. Like, there's a command for that. Um, for us to be together, but it's it's for our good, yeah, kind of thing. It's not because that's another box to check on. Yeah, yeah. I got a question. Yeah, go for it. So, uh, you know, when we talk about the way you guys are talking about, it, it's like, you know, we're in this together and we're working on it together. But how do you how does that work? I mean, in application, if, you don't even know me, right? <laughs> that's my question. Right. If I don't know you. Right. So I'm, right. I'm saying, I assume you really haven't had time to know me. Mm-hmm. And so how, in that, how does that work in the real world where the rubber meets the road? Yeah. What do you guys do together? Mm-hmm. Is that something you guys are already working together with each other? <clears throat> For like teaching the class or? No, just working on your own sanctification. Oh, yeah. Well, I think clap like this class is a is a way that we mm-hmm. work on it. I think corporate worship we experience the means of grace in corporate worship. Yeah. Um, I think to, you know home fellowship group today's a home fellowship group day. We do that, uh, and that's a means of yeah. praying with each other, um, eating meals with each other, uh, you know, hearing praises and um, struggles. Uh, I think I think all those things are the formal ways, and obviously we can always do better as a church of connecting with each other and all that. But, yeah. I, 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 I kind of wondered, did it get to the level of, well, um, bro, how you doing with that sin of yours? That, right. you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's definitely a place for that. I think that um, <clears throat> there's definitely a sense in which if you have a, uh, if you are developing a relationship with somebody in the church that you trust, there's definitely a place for sort of that openness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing about, I think the thing about sin is that it is, it's good to confess it, but you, there's a lot of context that goes around what it means to confess. Like walking around the church, just telling everybody you meet. I struggle <laughs> yeah. with this, just so you know, <laughs> is not a good thing, right? Um, but if, you, if there is somebody in the church that you've developed a relationship with, that you can trust, that you know can, uh, point you back to Christ in that issue and can pray with you, can keep that uh, keep that information basically to themselves or to whoever you've trusted to know that. There is a sense in which that's definitely a part of church. Um, I don't, I think it's hard to codify it, right? It's yeah. hard to say this is exactly how it happens in every single scenario. But there is a sense in which we do share that, that we share those burdens with each other. You know, yeah. John and I have this really, really strong friendship and he comes to me and says, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this thing. Can you pray for me? That's definitely a means of sanctification. I mean, for anybody who's, you know, been going through sanctification long enough, you realize, you know, you're flawed and you, you're constantly having these difficulties and things. And, and so, you know, somebody who's had this kind of thing going on in their life too, would be helpful. They, they grow. This is what I do, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, I don't know that you would have the openness to, you know, to walk up to somebody and say, hey, I struggle with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well and I think in the vacuum, that, it would be weird. You have to have a friendship with the person first before you 
we yeah. reach that point where you would feel comfortable sharing or where they wouldn't feel uncomfortable. Well, I'm, I'm assuming what you're saying is you'd have friendships already that you've been sure. working on for a long yeah. time and then those that kind of thing can actually enter in. And that I'm just wondering, that is the help that you find to give to the, your... Or is it just that, hey, bro, are you, are you praying? Are you, yeah. are you getting your word out? Yeah. I think that the, the, the cool thing that I've learned from this class is that, that that confession of sin and that kind of relationship is only part of the sanctification. So I don't need to know your sin to help by, like worship with you mm-hmm. and pray with you and partake in the means of grace together. Right. And so all of those things are sanctifying me, means of sanctification that don't involve me knowing you know, your sin. So there, there's a level to that that I think um, it's just part. Like having those relationships where you can um, confess sin and work through difficult difficulties is, is part of the sanctifying process, but it's not the whole thing. Yeah. And so we can all participate in varying levels. Um, and it's not even necessarily that. like the end goal. Yeah, like, sure. Like just going back to like codifying, it's not the end goal like, well, I gotta, I gotta get to a place where there's just that one friendship in the church that's so strong I can confess all yeah. my sins to. But like you said, it's a part of it. Sure. There's also all these other means, right? Yeah. Praying together as a body. That's no, I, mean, that makes I think. Sense. Yeah, I think John, I think nailed it when he said it's like how, like we talk about being sanctified together. And what does that mean? It's it's going to a Bible study with other men or women. Yeah. It's uh, going to HFG, getting to know people, sharing your burdens with them, praying with them. It's taking the Lord's Supper together every Sunday morning, worshiping together in the in the fellowship of the body. So, but, I mean, do but, you, do but that confession of sin is a part of it. So yeah, it's, it's and, a and I would even say too that the the church our church context the, the church where you are at is the primary area for that. But I have relationships with other Christian men that are outside of this church context that are sanctifying relationships mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I think the sanctification is not just a you know community Bible church or wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. That's the primary way where place that God calls us to. Um, to dig into life and to be sanctified, but the means of grace don't. I don't, you know, have the Lord's Supper on a Tuesday afternoon talking to my friend. That's you know, but but it sanctification is this whole life thing, and so there are contexts where you know you could be outside of this particular place and still have sanctifying mm-hmm. activities happening. Yeah, and for me, a big part of the community aspect of sanctification is. Not necessarily like a, you know, bosom friend relationship where we're, you know, coming to each other and confessing sin and we're keeping each other accountable and checking up on each other. Honestly, I've benefited most from observing other faithful believers living out their faith Mm. faithfully. And like even just to the point of like, oh, wow, like I think she reads her Bible every day. Like that's actually possible. Like, I guess I could do that. Maybe, you know, maybe if I read my Bible every day, I would start acting more like this woman who's, you know, from the outside looking in, she's, she's living faithfully. She's loving her family well, and she's serving the Lord. And, um, I've been encouraged in just watching other people, like getting ideas of like, well, it seems like they're, they're obedient to God and they're joyful and they're enjoying life. And like, I see Christ in them. Like, what are they doing? You know, what could I, how well, could I imitate them case, as they're imitating Christ? It doesn't even, 
doesn't yeah. seem like that they're doing anything that they just are living their life normally yeah. and then, and it's a, a mm -hmm. blessing to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I do think we are called, it's uh, in Hebrews, I think, consider one another, uh, uh, how, you, how you might, in order to stir up love and good deeds, and I think uh, the Holy Spirit can enable us to recognize um, opportunities to have a conversation with a person. Uh, with somebody that we're in contact with in the church or outside the church and with a Christian outside the church. Um, <clears throat> we're not, I mean, we're, that's, you know, that's another thing on your own is not as strong as together, but, uh, you know, we are called to think, to think about what's going on, about what we see going on around us, uh, in terms of looking for what what's what's God doing, what's the Holy Spirit doing, and is there you know is there some way I can can participate or be a part of that, um, either in a one-on-one -on -one relationship or in a small group or even in a large group. Right. <coughs> you know, one of the things I. I, I, my mother will hate me doing this, but uh -oh. I have to use her as an example. <laughs> you know, you you get hang, you get with your buddies, and you go out, and the only thing they want to talk about is beer and football. <laughs> and you know that's fine, but it's not all the time. And I, you know, I get with my mom, and she's like, it's like you realize why yeah, they have a walk they do. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because she just loves to sit and listen to the word yeah. and she loves to talk about the good things of God yeah. and I just appreciate that so much yeah. you know the growth during this time where I've been where we spend the, the days and it's just a, it's amazing the difference in the life you live when you have people that love the Lord and really want to talk about him yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. And I think that's kind of what, kind of what you were describing as well. Like to your point, it's like it's not wrong to, not inherently wrong to go out with friends, you know, have a beer, talk about other things. But part of this being sanctified, sanctified together is what are we focusing on, yeah. right? And yeah. so, that doesn't mean that every single HFG has to be a complete and full gospel presentation, but it is a time for us as believers. To gather together in fellowship with one another and talk about the things of the Lord, and that's really powerful. Um, I think, of, and I think another way that I, that I, I I get really encouraged in our church. There are just moments where I look around and I just have this like just good sense of being encouraged is like is acts of service. So, um, and kind of playing off your point as well. But you know, you look in the the nursery and you say see the same sort of like four or five families that rotate in and out and. They're just so faithful and so consistent, and you never really hear them complain about it. Um, I think about Josh Hall, seeing him. I saw Walton this morning. He was uh, doing the coffee, and every week for the last probably 12 weeks, he's come in, set up the microphones, and uh, gotten everything prepared. I, I, maybe you do that. You do that. David does so much around. I, every time I look at I David, I get so encouraged. <laughs> you know, um, just seeing, just seeing, yeah. <laughs> just seeing. <laughs> 
just seeing people just come in and do what needs to be done in service to the church. Um, that's a very just practical thing that's really encouraging, right? You just look around and, you know, stuff gets done. You think, guys, we have we have two pastors. Three. Sorry, Brennan. Um, still, not Jack. Uh, no. We ha- you know, we have, we have Ryan and we have Jeremy and we have Brennan. And, you know, I don't at this point know exactly how many people we have in our church, but it's a relatively big building. And it's full of people participating in youth group and in adult Sunday school and children's ministries and we have worship and somehow it all gets done every single week. Um, and I just look at I just look at that sometimes and go, that's just really encouraging. Because I know it's not just Ryan and Jeremy doing all that. You know, it's not just Ryan, Jeremy, and Brennan. Like I look around. You've got Tom cooking all the food at youth groups and men's retreats, and you've got, you know, you've got men teaching Sunday school, you've got women leading Bible studies during the week, you've got children's ministry that just happens, you've got Brennan, you know, managing the youth group, and you just look around, it's like, man, these are all people that have, we've, we've all just partnered together um, to, like, the church to operate. I don't know, it's just something about, I just, for me, that, that may not mean anything to anybody else, but I just look at the church as a, as a group of people, and all it takes to just for it to just exist. And it happens every single week, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And that's just really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, Along those same lines, a little bit different. Um, I, I move around a lot, but every place I go, there's always a Christian group that I can attach mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And it's really encouraging. I mean, anywhere in the world, there's mm-hmm. other believers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's encouraging. Yeah. The Lord has people in it. For the last, go ahead. I was just gonna say, the Lord has people in every place. That's right. For the last few weeks, as um, we've been studying this, um, some of the music that I listen to um, on YouTube, and y'all know how you cast it and all that, I'm learning. But anyway, um, I was listening to this young man sing, and before he sang, he gave a testimony, and he said that he'd been having some downtime, um, and he said he remembered um, a statement that the pastor had made the last Sunday. And the statement was, if you don't quit, God won't quit. And at first I thought, yeah, that's encouraging. And then almost almost instantly the Holy Spirit was like, but it's not true. <laughs> because if you just try to quit, if you were mine, try to quit. Yeah. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if we could quit. He doesn't, and he doesn't quit. Yeah. And it's just, I went, that's right, that's right. Thank you, Lord, thank you. <laughs> and just to know that that's what sanctification is. After a couple of weeks, I've been still thinking about it, and I thought, oh, what a beautiful picture, Father, that you mm-hmm. gave us that here's the backwards of that. That's how you used to think. Mm-hmm. That was the flesh, you know, mm-hmm. if you quit, well, good. God's not going to quit. But no, if I could quit, he's definitely not going to quit. He's going to stay in there. But that one gave the connotation that if I quit, God will quit too. Yeah. He wasn't saying that explicitly, but it's... Yeah. So much more encouraging and and just a good reminder, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not about you. It's about Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it just helps me so much because when thinking about times may come where um, 
it's going to be a little bit difficult. We're going to really have to stand up and, and mm-hmm. the commitment will have to be there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just always saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because just please don't. I would rather you just cut my tongue out than to let me deny you. Don't let that happen. Mm-hmm. And that's true. That's whatever he needs to do. He's not going to quit. Mm-hmm. So it just, you know, gives me so much more of an understanding that I'm kept. Yes. I'm kept. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And y'all are too. Yeah. I didn't mean y'all were. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? One topic that I felt like maybe I missed one of the weeks. Um, I think it was when Jeremy was teaching and he was going through Bible reading and prayer and then right at the end he mentioned suffering but we ran out of time. We didn't really get to talk about it and I don't know if it was revisited the next week because I don't think I was in there. But uh, for you guys who have actually read the book, I was curious if you had any anything that comes to mind based on that chapter, and it's been a week since you've read it, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. I don't remember what the chapter says exactly, but I know that he mentioned suffering. So if I had to, if I had to guess what it said, suffering is, is an, I don't know if it's a formal ordinary means of grace, but God can most certainly use our suffering to encourage others, right? I think if like, you know, like you said, there, there are going to be trials that come, right? That's what I, I always get finicky when I have friends that talk about how amazing their life is going to be now that they're in Christ. And like, it's always great and it's always perfect and we're always going upwards. And it's like, I look at scripture and I, I don't see any of that promise. In right. fact, if I see anything promised, it's, it's suffering. <laughs> like, it's almost guaranteed, right? Scripture lays out pretty clear that you, you will suffer for the sake of Christ. And there will be trials. There will be hardship. And I think that sort of that corporate aspect of sanctification that we're in this together is if I'm constantly being encouraged, Erlene, you constantly encourage me, right? You constantly point me back to Christ by your focus on on Him and on Scripture. When I go through a hardship and I'm in suffering, because I'm so used to being around other believers that look to Christ in all things, when I'm in my suffering, I look to Christ. And then there are other people that may be suffering that maybe we don't know they're suffering, maybe they haven't said out loud they're suffering, but they may they might see the way that I quote unquote deal with myself in my suffering, who I'm looking towards while I'm suffering, and that encourages them. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's this sort of this idea that we're encouraging each other. So uh, God can I, I don't know if that's what David said, but most certainly can use times of suffering. Yeah. One to point us back to him, ultimately it points us back to mm-hmm. our faith and our hope is solely in him. But then us having that posture and being in community together, other people see that and they're encouraged by that. And they're reminded that we should look to Christ in our times of suffering. So I don't know, I don't know exactly what he said in the chapter, if that's even close, but that's, that's how I would see it is most certainly, you know, suffering is hard not to deny, not to deny that there are going to be moments in our life that are really hard. um, But just that God can, God can use that. Can use anything. I just skimmed it, and he kind of talks. He uses a lot of language about um, in John and Hebrews about pruning, mm-hmm. and how God can kind of use suffering as a means of sanctification by pruning. And I would add to that, and in, in you know, in 
in some ways, sometimes we see suffering as, or we always see suffering as a negative thing, but it might be God exposing sin to us. Um, or, and, and so the suffering could potentially just be, um, him san- actually sanctifying us of sin that we didn't know about or, um, and, uh, an unhealthy relationship to something that is good, like money or relationships or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and so in that way we, we are being pruned so that we can bear more good fruit in essence is mm-hmm. those were the scriptures that he mentioned. Yeah. I was trying to remember the reference. James talks about it at the very beginning of that letter. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm -hmm. So there's that charge for us to to be steadfast, to count it joy when trials come our way. Because we know that trials and suffering produces steadfastness. Um, And it not only produces that in us personally, but it produces that in us corporately as well. Sure. Yeah. I'd like to say something about suffering because I, I think I've gone through enough. <laughs> but uh, when I say uh, what I mean by that is what I noticed is in any time that we've had, I've had trials, I never realized that um, it was going to happen. I didn't have any pre-knowledge at all, right? But then what I noticed was Lord just came in and girded me up. He said, don't worry about this. It's going to be done before you know it. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of get this feeling like, I'm not even really having a problem with this. It's like, he's, he's there showing you the way, encouraging you, giving you, you, you just go right through it. Boom. And, and so for me, like one of the things I know my mom's afraid of, she's afraid that one day she's going to be told, you know, you wanna, you're going to either be shot or you're going to take the mark, you know? And I'm thinking, don't worry about it. When it happens, it happens, and the Lord will be right there. He will be. That's, that's the thing. I've noticed he's always there. Could you put the title and the author of the book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the... Yeah, suffering in the Christian. I think I can spell it. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me. We cut comes from what two two sources or maybe three, right? The suffering for doing good is mentioned in the Bible, right? Suffering for being a Christian, being uh, persecuted. Uh, a couple of the books Paul wrote were written to people who were being persecuted by the society they lived in for being Christians. And um, and Paul was very familiar with this personally. Um, and so he was able to encourage people and, um, and basically say that's a straight up um, what does he call it? Anyway, suffering for being a Christian is a, is a direct association with Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Bible also mentions suffering for being foolish, suffering for sinning, right? So suffering for doing something we purposefully decided to do. Mm-hmm. Here's, you know, God's 
God has a thing right in front of us and we say, eh, I got a better idea and do something else. And then the consequences of that hurt us or are hurtful to us or hurtful to others. It's hurtful to us. And that's pruning, right? Yeah. When the Holy Spirit convicts us of, of that, you know, what you're going through right now is because of this. Mm-hmm. And you think about how, you know, just as a human, how we learn and how we would be conformed to the, I mean, something like that could continually change our behavior in a certain way from then on. Mm-hmm. Like we're very unlikely to ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so wow, that's like a, you know, sanctification through suffering. We're very unlikely to ever do that one again because it, it is so hard. And uh, if we ever, you know, we see it coming again, we're gonna we're gonna have learned, right? Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was a third way, suffering. Suffering, neutral suffering, like you're not really sure. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, you're mm-hmm. sick. Yeah. Right, you're sick. So you're suffering. You're suffering for no, not because of doing good, not because of doing bad. Thank you. That was the third way. It's like the, the sinful. <laughs> this, this, when you live in a fallen world, world therefore yeah. you're gonna. There's gonna be suffering. You're gonna uh, lose someone in a car accident. I mean. That's mm-hmm. nothing to do with your, like, like uh, Jesus said, the tower fell on those people. It's what, where they were, worse or better people, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so that suffering also the Spirit uses in our hearts to point us to God. I mean, things that we're not in control of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's in, you know, we have to trust God with those things. Yeah. And, uh so yeah, I think those are, those are the three the three ways, and every all three ways you can kind of see how the, the Holy Spirit uses that to to conform us to the image of Christ, or to draw us closer to our Father, and uh, yeah. So it's it's I guess it's a common it's, we don't call it a means of grace a common means right. of grace. <laughs> I think it also helps us to focus our prayer life. Yeah. I mean, I think what yeah. we're seeing on television in the Ukraine, why, you know, yeah. I feel drawn to be praying for things to be resolved for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, yeah. What we got to say, it's like, and also, like Greg Phillips, I think of Greg Phillips, you know. Mm-hmm. For those that you don't know Greg, he's, you know, part of our worship team. Part of the band. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you call it. Worship team? Yeah. I like the band. <laughs> <laughs> because I think of everybody's the worship team's so right. Right. That's true. That's a Doug's that's a Doug's role thing. That's funny. <clears throat> because really it is. Right. So I understand we call part of the band. The band. Okay. You know, and, and I think about Greg Phillips, you know, in, in a contention of prayer, we want him to get better, but also too, it's like how can how can him and his state and his wife be a minister to other people and encouragement mm-hmm. and hope to other mm-hmm. people? You know, that, that's just like another phase of using his suffering as an opportunity to proclaim God's goodness and sovereignty and his care for, for them. Yeah. And she, she mentioned that. I don't know how, I haven't tried to keep in touch with her just a little bit, but yeah. she was very encouraging in the last text Mm-hmm. saying something on that order is that he's, you know, everybody they come in contact with, the people where he's at, even at the, at the place where they work, he's been an encouragement to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, my there's I have a a family member who wants something so desperately, and it's this very good thing, and they want it really bad, um, but the Lord hasn't hasn't given it to them, um, and it's such a good thing that you look at that and go, why, like, why Lord, why haven't you given this person that thing that they want? And it, it it's a hard thing, but you look at that and there's a sense in which this is the thing that could be this this could be the primary means of which God is using to sanctify this person mm-hmm. by, to, by withholding with, withholding this thing as, as unfair that may seem to us or to them that it that is the means by which God is sanctifying them and and pulling them closer to himself um, and then even as they suffer through that and can do that and are pointed back to Christ and and look to him even possibly even more than they did before that becomes an encouragement to others and so it's this compounding effect so absolutely there's these kind of that neutral point of suffering it's like it's not a result of them doing anything good or bad it's just happened they've been denied this thing that they want so much um but it might be the thing that god is is using to sanctify them and and them being sanctified uh in the in their community of believers their their church context that can be an encouragement to um you know, their immediate uh, church family as well. So, yeah, I think suffering's hard, but God definitely definitely uses it as a means to, mm-hmm. to sanctify us. Yeah, and Greg's another one. Um, I need to, it's a good reminder to follow up with him. Susan. Um, it's 10 o'clock. We should probably go ahead and wrap up. Um, any last any last thoughts? I have one of the um, the scripture that says that God cause, is causing us to be an aroma of Christ to those who are lost and to those who are saved. And so I, I can understand that English-wise, but in the spirit, I, I thought, I don't know what that, I, what do you mean you're doing, you know? And so then I heard a pastor talk about Krispy Kreme donuts, they came to town, and there was an aroma of Krispy Kreme donuts, you know, and people knew that they were getting closer as they went around the corner, whatever, and that helped a little bit, but I think the thing that helped most was I had a granddaughter that lived with us for a while, and she had a little girl, and and um, the little girl got very close to me, and I wear obsession perfume. <laughs> And um, so after a while, though, they moved away. They went to Washington State. And after they first went there, they went to a shopping mall. And she had kept saying, where's Gigi? Where's Gigi? She couldn't find me. And so they went to that shopping mall, and she turned and ran back to her mom. And she said, Mommy, quick, come. Gigi's here. And Amber said, Remy, Gigi's not here. We left her in Tennessee, remember? she goes quick come and she took her by the hand and took her up to this area and amber said she smelled obsession perfume (laughs) and and remy said to her she's here i smell her (laughs) and i you know right away the holy spirit just made me think about that's what i'm telling you i'm doing when even when he's missing i'm causing all of you to be an aroma of him that they'll People will say, "He must be here." I smell him. Mm-hmm. I smell him. I love that. Good story.
just things that happen in life. I got so many little stories like that. I got one more, <laughs> let me tell you, because it's about Courtney. Um, oh boy. We lived in Laplace, Louisiana, and I could stand at my kitchen sink and look through this, I guess a window had been there once and they took it out and so I was looking at the dining room and the living room. Courtney had come to visit, maybe three, I doubt she was four. And so she wanted something from out of my bathroom. And I said, well, go on in there, go get it. So she started in and she started backing up. And I said, Courtney, it's in the bathroom, go on in there. And she goes, no, it's dark. <laughs> and I said, no, it's really not dark. It's because there's so much light out here that you think it's dark in there. Just go on in there. And she goes, no, it's dark, I can't. And I said, Courtney, would Grandmommy lie to you? No. And I said, okay, then I'm telling you it's not dark in there. Please go on in. She still wouldn't go. And I said, Courtney, if you trusted me, you would go. And right away, the Holy Spirit's saying, that thing I've been telling you about, you know, <laughs> if you really trusted me, you would do it. So anyway, it was a good lesson for me. But anyway, I said to her, all right, let me tell you what. I dried my hands. I walked around. I said, I am not going to rob you of this opportunity to show me you trust me. I said, so I'm telling you that if you will make the first step into that room, I will be there. I will scoop you up and you will not be by yourself. And she goes, ah! she just screamed as loud as she could and took off running. I had to belt down through there to get her, you know, to scoop her up. But don't you, do you see, that's what he does for us. All those times that we're having so much trouble trusting, and he's just waiting on us to go, ah! <laughs> and he's going, ah! hold us tight. Yeah. You know, it's just um, thank you, Lord, for sanctification, and thanks, guys, for teaching. Yes, thank you. What's well, uh, I'm gonna wrap up in prayer real quick. Um, and we'll go ahead and thank you again for uh, for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the opportunity that we've had as a body of believers to to um, uh, look into your word to see what it says, to allow it to convict us, um, allow it to pierce our hearts. Thank you for um, what we've learned, what you have shown us. Um, through through this through this eleven or twelve weeks together, um, through the the men that were uh, prepared and uh, studied your word, studied ex extra biblical helpful content to put together uh, something that you could use to uh, enlighten us uh, to more of who you are. So just thank you for that, and I just broadly pray for any any prayer requests, God, that are that are in this room right now. We didn't ask for any specifically, but. God, you know each and everything that's happening in the lives of those in this room. So for anything that uh, is happening there, God, we ask that you would that you would be in it and that whatever uh, comes of it, it'd be glorifying to you. Uh, help us uh, to trust you, to lean into you. Um, be with Ryan uh, or Jeremy or whoever it is that's preaching this morning. Um, speak through them. Uh, prepare our hearts for what it is that you would teach us. Uh, through your word this morning. Thank you again for loving us. Help us to uh, to continue to love each other and to stir each other up to good works. And just thank you again for your Holy Spirit that allows us to 
um, to become sanctified and to pursue you. So again, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us first. We pray all this and we love you in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.